Oh, hi, Greg Perry, the historic preservationist. Um, uh, our next episode is going to uh, talk about hanging doors. We're talking about entry doors, closet doors, doors in historic houses, you know, replacing uh, wooden doors uh, from doors that have these plastic doors in, in newer houses and housing developments. So uh, it may be a bit dry, but we're going we're gonna to run through it tonight. So, uh, so let's talk about getting the hang of hanging doors. How to install old or new doors in existing openings. So here I was in a house uh, built in around 1899. It had all the original doors except for two in the kitchen. They were moved in the 1960s. But the previous owner had replaced them with cheap louvered bifold doors that did not fit the character of our fine old woodwork. When I told the story to a neighbor, he said his two kitchen doors were replaced too, but his original doors were still stacked up in the rafters of his garage, whole and sound. We took a look at them, and since they matched mine exactly, he probably gave me them uh, to hang in my house. So if you're not as lucky as I am, don't worry. It's, it's relatively easy to find suitable old doors in buildings slated for demolition or at your local salvage yard. So you got to get permission first for pre-demolition. So make, do, make, make sure you do that. He may be in the, uh, in the slammer for a night or two. Or in any, again, any architectural salvage local yards. And they're all over the place. I think our antique shops have turned into salvage yards in the last 15, 20 years. You can even have an exact reproduction made by a, a master craftsman who makes doors, windows, and millwork, or just in a you know, typical custom woodworking shop. So whatever the source to make your new door swing in your old house, you'll have to install it on hinges so it fits neatly and works easily in the existing opening. A process called hanging, that is part finished carpentry and in an old house, part finessing. Here's the steps. So this could be a bit boring, but for those who are interested, it's, it's very good information. You'll need to know so your door will open and close like a breeze for decades to come. So preparation is everything, getting ready. Hanging a door requires carpentry skills, such as precise measurement and layout, trimming wood with saws and chisels, and setting wood screws. For best results, your saws and chisels must be sharp. Unless I have a half dozen brand new doors to hang, I like to work with hand tools rather than power saws and routers because it's easier to adapt the condition to the conditions of each door. Also, if I slip up with a hand tool, the damage is likely to be far less than with a power tool. Let's say that again. Using those hand tools, much less damage with a mistake than the power tools. To develop your basic door hanging chops, begin with a couple of utility doors out back before you try hanging that fancy front parlor door you've had made by that master craftsman down the street. The following method covers hanging a typical residential passage door with butt hinges. I've included many fitting and trimming steps to account for the odd shapes and variable conditions common in old houses and old doors. If you're lucky enough to have doors and frames that are square and true, you may be able to skip some steps, but it's not likely. Preparing a door for hanging can include identifying 
and restoring original moldings, removing heavy paint buildup, especially from the door butts and frame, you know, which we call in the wood industry rabbits or rebates. So repairing split panels, repairing a rotten or broken mortise and tenon joint, cutting down or building up a door to fit the frame, and patching old hinge gains and latch holes with a wood Dutchman. So a wood Dutchman is like a patch trying to match the original uh, style of wood with grain, color, and, and species. So let's talk about fitting the door to frame. Each door must be cut and fitted to its own frame. Even when many doors in an old building were all constructed to the same dimensions, there will be a slight, though significant, variations in the size and shape of each door frame. Sometimes the vari variations are pronounced due to structural shifting within the walls and floors. A door's dimensions must be slightly smaller than the space within the frame to allow for clearance for easy operation and to allow for normal expansion and contraction from season to season. The gap is usually around an eighth inch, maybe a little bit heavy at the bottom, at the sides and top of the door, and about a quarter inch at the bottom. Many old carpentry books say to cut the door three sixteenths of an inch narrower than the opening and split the difference at each side of the door. The old expression nickel fit comes from testing the fit of a well-hung door by sliding a nickel into the gap between the butt of the door and the jam. It's surprising how many old doors are hung to the standard. Another clearance to consider is the hinge swag gap. If you close a butt hinge until the leaves are just parallel, there is usually a gap designed to allow for paint buildup on the hinge over its service life. Usually I use a swage gap as my standard gap in hanging a door and make a nickel gauge by cutting a few thin strips of hardwood to match the swage gap of the older hinges. It's possible to hang a door by yourself, but it's much easier to work with an assistant who can help and hold and move the door. Begin by setting up a workspace near the doorway on the inside of the door. If there's not enough space, go to an adjacent uh, setup outside or a deck. So, including two sawhorses and, and to support the door. If your door is flat and true and the doorway is fairly square and straightforward, you may be able to lay out all the overall size and shape of the door according to your measurements, then cut to fit all at once. However, if your door is warped, or you have bow jams or an angled header or threshold, follow these steps in order, in order, trimming each side, top, and bottom to fit. So we're going to go over the steps now. Step one, familiarize yourself with the overall shape and size of the door frame and door. Looking through the one eye, sight down the styles of the door to see if it is bowed, cupped, or twisted. Then stand back and sight diagonally through the frame to see if the inner and outer vertical edges of the jams are parallel or twisted. Next, lay a five foot or six foot straight edge in the jam rabbits to see if they are straight or bowed. Set a carpenter's framing square in the upper joints of the side jam and header and down at the threshold to see if they are square or not. Measure the space for the door 
within the rabbits, noting the actual width and height to the nearest one-sixteenth of an inch. Also note the size of the door needed to fill the opening. I like to have a door that is at least one-quarter inch wider and taller than the opening because the door that seems exactly the right size usually still has to be trimmed, and by the time I've trimmed it, I've lost the nickel fit in the wider gap. Step number two. If the door is significantly oversized, rough cut it down to dimensions one quarter inch wider and taller than needed. This will make the fittings to come much easier, especially if the door castings stand out quite a bit beyond the edges of the jam. Step number three. Lay out and trim the hinge butt, the side of the door that will carry the hinges, making a straighter bowed to match the jam rabbit. To lay out, set the six inch straight edge on in the jam's rabbit and note if it is truly straight or bowed. Then lay the straight edge on the face of the door along the butt and mark a pencil line on the face to match the bow of the rabbit. Trim to the line, keeping the butt square with the face of the door. Step four. Lay out and begin trimming the latch butt along the opposite side, so the door will just barely fit into the doorway. Working from the inside, lean the door up into its place, setting the bottom within the rabbits. Don't worry if the top of the door angles out of the rabbits because it is too tall. Inspect along the butt hinge. Mark any places where trimming is needed to make the butt parallel with the rabbit and trim to the marks. Then, put the door back in the frame and set it up against the hinge rabbit, spacing it out with a rabbit in a couple of nickel gauges. Step number five. With the door in the frame and nickel gauges in place along the hinge edge, check the fit of the latch edge, testing the gap with the nickel gauge also. Mark the face along the hinge edge to match the run parallel with the rabbit, then trim the edge to make a nice even gap. Step six, lean the door up in the frame, setting its horizontal position nickel gauges and wedging it in place with some thin wood shingles between the butts and rabbits. On the outside of the door, scribe a mark on the face along the top of the door, guiding the scribe along the header rabbit Take the door down and lay out a line on its thickness of the nickel gauge below the scribe mark. Trim the top butt of the door to the layout line with a circular saw and finish with a hand plane. Step number seven. Lean the door up in the frame again. This time it should fit entirely within the rabbits. Check the vertical position of the door at the top butt. There should be just enough space for a nickel gauge all along the top. If there's too much space, raise the door a bit with wedges at the bottom butt. Set the door's horizontal position with a nickel gauge and wedges. Then determine how much of the gap you want at the bottom of the door. The common standard is a quarter inch, but it can be more. But you may need more distance if the door needs to clear a rug or rising slope of a threshold on the floor. For example, some forced hot air seating, heating system requires a gap 
of one to two inches for return air to reach the return air duct in a hallway. If the door leads to an unheated space or the outdoors, consider whether weather stripping will be used and what sort of gap it, is, it may need or is required. Use a pair of dividers describe the bottom of the doorway to match the shape and position of the threshold of the floor. Take the door down and trim the bottom edge of the scribed line. Now the door's edges have been fit to the door frame all the way around. Step eight, our last step. There is one more fit to check. Lean the door into the frame and see how the outside face of the door meets the shoulder of the rabbit. If the frame or doorway is bowed, cupped, or twisted, the outer margin of the door's face may not meet the shoulder all along the hinge butt or elsewhere around the door. Along the hinge butt, the fit should be plus or minus oh, 1 16th to 3 30 seconds. If not, you may need to trim the rabbit shoulder to match the shape of the door. At the latch rabbit, the header is looser fit or plus or minus one eighth of an inch, maybe just close enough. Some people resort to planing down the face of the door a little, but this often looks poor after the door is painted and finished. Layout hinges. Unless there is a reason to do otherwise, such as cleaning the plinth blocks or baseboards, match the number of hinges and vertical spacing to the other doors in the room or house. Typically, in a panel door, the top of the upper hinge is one inch lower than the top of the panel, and the bottom of the lower hinge is an inch higher than the top of the bottom panel. If there is a middle hinge, it is halfway between the upper and lower hinges. If you are hanging several doors, save some time by using a story pole marked with locations to lay out the hinges. Set the door in its final position and wedge it into the rabbits, checking the fit all the way around with a nickel gauge. Mark the top of each hinge location by slightly scoring both the edge of the door and the edge of the rabbit with a sharp knife. The two score marks must be exactly aligned across the gap. To help with the alignment, you may need to hold a square on the edge of the casing with the blade across the edge of the door. Also mark the exact location of the two edges at the bottom of the door to record their position. When you mount the door later on, you will want to return it to exactly this position and marking these wedges now is an easy way to do it. Cutting hinge gains. The hinge must be set accurately and tightly into the gains, this shallow depression in the butt door. This tight fit is critical because the entire door is supported largely by the very narrow shoulders of the gain, or the mortise is what we're talking about here. The axis of the hinge pins need to be in alignment with the, with the alignment. If it is cockeyed, all hinges will work or move slightly each time the door is open, eventually loosening or wearing out prematurely. You achieve this alignment with accurate layout and careful cutting of the gains. Lay the hinge in position on the edge of the door, setting it next to the alignment mark. The mark, mark the location on of top and bottom edges with a sharp, thin bladed knife. Then mark the top and bottom of the edges of the gain 
with a tri-square. Then mark the edge of the vertical shoulder with a marking gauge. Saw the top and the bot and bottom edges of the gains with a fine tooth crosscut saw, such as a dovetail saw. Always trim the wood within the gain using a hand sharp sharpened chisel and mallet. So next mount the chisels. The, I'm sorry, mount the hinges. Seat the hinged leaf into the, the gain, snugly up against the gain's long shoulder. With a pencil, mark the hinge holes by drawing the little circle around the hole. Remove the hinge and mark the center of your screw pivot holes, just a tiny bit toward the hinge shoulder, which will help the screws draw the hinge slightly against the shoulder of the gain. Next, a twist bit that matches the diameter of the screws and drill the pilot holes. Rub a little paraffin or soap onto the threads of the screws and screw the hinge leaf into the gain of the door. If you're working with loose pin hinges or, or loose joint butt hinges, lay them out and mount the separate leaves into the door frame rabbits by the same way. Tighten the door screws right up, but leave the frame screws a half turn loose so they can be shifted a bit when the door is hung. Now let's hang the door and test it. Have your hinge pins handy. Set the bottom wedges in place on the floor or threshold as you mark them with laying out the hinge locations. Set the door on the wedges and lean it into the rabbits. The knuckles should mesh right up, but probably won't. Set the hinge pins down in the, in the top knuckle anyway. If the knuckles are meshing, try tapping the pin down slightly with a hammer. Tap the jam leaves very slightly with a hammer, shifting them slightly up or down or back and forth until the knuckles mesh and the pins can be re-tapped down. Once the knuckles are aligned and pins are in place, swing the door open and tighten up the jam screws. Check for, jam check for jams around all the butts. Check if the bottom butt clears the floor. Make any needed trims on the door butts and jam rabbit so the door swings free freely and closes freely. Check how the outer edge of the door meets the latch jam. The latch butt may need to have a slight bevel of three to five degrees for this edge to clear the jam. Lift the pins a little bit and apply a couple drops of oil and reset the pins. Your door is now hung and ready for mounting the latch or lock set and striker. This is Greg Perry, the historic preservationist. There was a lot of information on hanging doors in uh, pre-existing frames. So I uh, hope that helps everyone out there and uh, happy door hanging. Signing out, Greg Perry.